This is M.I.P. With Masamela Mafuma. Mark Thompson. Get woke. The very next day, Tuesday, October 24th, we gathered at the Mobile City Council hearing to demand that the Mobile City Council join the family and see to it that the body cam footage of Juwan Dallas's death, the body cam worn by the Mobile Police Department officers involved in his death, that that body cam footage be released. This is the regular meeting of the Mobile City Council, Tuesday, October 24th. I'm clerk. Phil Williams. <coughs> Hello, my name is Phil Williams. Um, this has been a nightmare to us. Uh, we're here for accountability. Uh, Jawan Dallas, uh, which is my son, it has been a nightmare since July the 2nd. We haven't got any answers from anyone. We haven't talked to anyone about any answer. We doesn't know anything about the last words, the last being life of our son. And it hurts. It's driving a hole in our whole family. Why can't we get accountability for our son? Why can't we see the video? Why can't we see the autopsy? Why wasn't we able to identify the body? What, what's being hid, if anything's being hid? If, any, if anything's not being hid, let us see the video. Can y'all imagine, each and every one of y'all in here, if y'all have kids, and your kid get murdered by the Mobile Police Department, the one supposed to be here to serve and protect, it's got to be a murder. But I'm gonna let you all know something. Until the day I die, I will be fighting this. We're not turning around. We're not hiding. We're not afraid. Because if something can be done, Castle McCarroll, anything you can do to help us. Brother Small, anything you can do to help us. The rest of the board, anything you all can do to help us to see the video. Can y'all imagine what we going through? Nightmare. Nightmare. It's a real nightmare to wake up to see your spouse crying 4 o'clock in the morning when you have to be up at 4.30 to go to work. How do you leave her alone? Do anybody here have feelings? Anybody other than us? These people are supposed to be here to serve and protect. We pay taxes. We don't go to the grocery store and get $500 worth of grocery for $500. We have to pay tax. We vote to get y'all in here. And y'all supposed to work for us, the people. If you're wrong, you're wrong. If you're right, you're right. And two wrong don't make a right. Each and every one of us got children. Don't let it hit your steps. What would you do if it hit your door? How would you all feel? Every day y'all see me here, uh, I'd miss work. Mr. Williams, just one second. Artists, I'm gonna ask you again to please 
you know, refrain from making gestures as the speakers are speaking. If not, we want to ask that the Sergeant Orange to remove you from this uh, room. We're going to respect each other and respect the speakers when they're speaking. Uh, Mr. Williams, I appreciate you uh, coming down. Can I say one thing? I'm challenging the whole board for accountability. And we want to see the video. Yeah, Mr. Williams, you know, I can pretty much uh, speak just about on behalf of all the seven council members when I make this statement here. If it was our choice, again, if we had the power, we would have been to let you all see the video. Uh, when you all had came, or your wife was coming down. She month, here. Yeah, I know, I understand. Was coming down earlier. I told her if it was my child, I would want to know. We don't have that power. If I had a power, you would have seen that video back in July. When I made the statement in council meeting earlier uh, this year, you know, if Tennessee can do it, Alabama can do it. That's right. I don't have the power. We somebody at that board knows somebody. Ms. Williams, that's the uh, upper with the administration and with the state. If we could do that, Mr. Williams, especially me, I would do it. I would have been done it. You know, I understand that this is a sign of board and y'all have to have a sign of board and I'm not stopping you all from coming down here at all. But the thing about it is I just want you all to understand and the public to understand that I can pretty much speak on all seven council members. If we had the power, we would have been let you all see that video. We don't have that power. Y'all know who got the power though. <laughs> Audience, I'm going to ask you one more time. I'm going to ask the Sergeant Orange that they see anyone that's interrupting, please excuse them from this room. We're going to respect each other. Just as well as you don't know, Mr. Williams, but we do not have that power. And again, my heart goes out to you and to the mother and to the family and to the friends. My heart really does. But I'd be lying to you by saying that we, had to, we don't. I would have been let you see that video. And again, not stopping you all from coming down here. We understand that this is a sounding board, but I just want you, you to understand that it's not us. Mr. President. Uh, Mr. Carroll. Um, just a question. Uh, maybe someone knows where we are in the process of getting this or having that information finished and brought back to the city. Uh, uh, Chief Barber, has uh, the uh, toxicology been done? Has that, is that information ready? Are we at a point to where we can uh, help expedite? And, and here's the issue. It's the weight that's killing everybody now. And, and uh, you know, for lack of a, a better analogy, I've seen too many crimes to this when a city can call and ask them to speed something up if, if there was a need or, or necessity. So where are we with getting this information back to the families? So Chief Ryan is here to really address this issue, but we have completed all the investigative material, the cause of death, the toxicology, everything's been turned over to the district attorney's office. I have extended my condolences to the Dallas family. I think they have a right to see the video. I'm just waiting for the district attorney's office to release it under the Grand Jury Secrecy Act so that we can proceed. It was my understanding that once all of that information came back, that we would be in a position to release the footage. No, the, the understanding was under the Grand Jury Secrecy Act, we have to wait till the Grand Jury completes its investigation of this matter, then it can be released. 
So how far out is the investigation with everybody, with all information back? All of the investigative material has been completed and turned over to the DA's office. And so that's all been done. So can we, or I should, should I say, can the administration request that the DA move this up the, the, the timeline so that this family can get some relief instead of having it pushed off months from now. The question is, is can it be moved up to a current docket or to a current position to where information could be delineated to this family? Yes. The, right. uh, so have the, we done that? The last of the investigative material was turned over to the DA, I believe, yesterday. Is that? And so I got on the phone with the DA's office about expediting this process so we can give the family some relief. And so we, we're seriously trying our best. We, we actually moved the toxicology through a request through DFS to expedite that process. So now we've completed everything that the police department can turn over to the DA's office. We just need to wait until they can get it scheduled. And I think they're going to move pretty quickly now. Well, well you, you used the key word that was wait. Now, I, we've been waiting for a while, but now since we have everything in place, my, my request from the administration is, is to bear down with the DA so that we're not waiting and let's move it forward quickly. If everything's in place, then I'm pretty sure that we can request or, in, or request to somewhat influence that it be moved forward so some type of relief can be given to, to both sides of this issue. Mr. Carroll, that's my statement, is that I got on the phone with the DA's office yesterday uh, with Chief Bryan and asked them to expedite this process so the family can see the video. Uh, Chief Barber, I don't want to be rude, but that's not a date certain. Ask for a date certain so that we can give people a date certain. You know, to say that we've asked is great, and you guys have done a good job to get it here today. But if we had a date certain, then we all know what we're working towards. We all know what, what, sometime, what and when the relief will come. Ask the DA for a quick date certain so that we can help serve these people. Can you please do that? It's been done, but we'll continue to do that until we get this process completed. Thank you, Chief Barber. Let me also ask our attorney a question because I really want this family and the public to know that this council don't have no jurisdiction, but we are with the family to let them, you know, you know, get their questions answered. But our attorney, is it possible that this council in agreements to write something to the DA office to ask them to push this up? Can we do something like that? Uh, Mr. President, we can absolutely write a letter or some uh, formal correspondence on behalf of the council to the district attorney asking them to expedite this, yes. Will it be the will of this council to go ahead and do something in that nature? Does it need to be taken up as a motion? If so, so moved. I move that we take it up. That's fine. I'll second. Second. Proper to move and second in a discussion with that. No. I want to be added to the agenda because I think it would have to be added to agenda for official council action, does it not? Well, you're I'm talking sorry, about Mr. a resolution Davis. rather than a letter. Yeah, resolution well, we instead can, of... We can write the letter. Uh, we don't need a resolution to write okay. the letter. So I, I, I want to know what I'm voting on. I want to see it in writing, what I'm voting on. So, um, do we have consent here, uh, consent to do this today, that's the question, Mr. President, and I understand Mr. Dave's... You want to see the letter, which is, I understand, we all want to see the letter before it's written. But the thing about it is, do we have consent to go ahead and get this letter written? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, all? Yes, we, we can ask our clerk, 
clerk's office to write the letter, to help us write the letter, send it around. If it's okay with everyone, then we'll sign it and send it on to the DA's office. Um, if I'm like, Mr. President, um, Ms. Gregory. I know we're looking for the grand jury to meet, and that's really something that is part of this holdup. Um, do we know what the schedule is? Do they put out the schedule ahead of time? And, and then also, I don't know to what degree the family has been able to meet with the DA's office or, or not. Uh, is that something that is allowed, that the family can meet with the DA prior to a grand jury? The, um, I mean, I guess that's, that's a question for the district attorney. I think he's very limited in what he can do or say or show at this right. point. Um, but this, I do want y'all to understand this was not a delay on the DA's part. We were trying to get all of that cause of death, toxicology, everything that we needed. That is done. It was completed yesterday. So the DA has had 24 hours to begin the review of this, this material, the investigative material. Um, but I think the resolution by the council, or the letter by the council, certainly isn't harmful to anything. I think the district attorney is more than aware that he needs to expedite this process. As far as giving a public date on it, they won't do that because of fears of jury tampering or whatever else uh, that goes along with this grand jury. Yeah, I think that's speculation, Chief. That's not speculation. Yeah. I have a follow-up. Audience, please. On the, um, Let me just say that's not speculation. I have asked for a date, and they won't even tell me when the grand jury may be scheduled. That was in reference to the jury tampering. So, well, that's just prevention. Speculation, okay. Chief. Um, you had mentioned the toxicology report and all those things that are part of the investigation that have gone to the DA. Is there any part of that uh, cause of death toxicology report that we know has, has come in, is there any part of that that can be shared or is that something that strictly goes to the district attorney for the grand jury? You know, it, it cannot publicly be shared. Um, I have offered Ms. Dallas, uh, I'll extend the offer to Phil Williams, the father, that I will sit down with him and discuss what the facts and the truth are in the case. I'm more than willing to do that, but I think they've been advised by counsel not to do that. Yeah, well, okay. I, I would agree with Councilman Small that if it was up to us, we would certainly be willing to show the body cam footage. We would <clears> like <throat> to see this move along at a faster pace, but we are at the mercy of the state and the courts, and they have a schedule and a timeline, and unfortunately for us in this room, we don't make those laws, so we are here to listen and help as best we are able to do. Mr. President. Uh, Yes, Mr. Penn and Mr. Carroll. Thank you, Mr. President. I definitely support the council with writing the letter in support. I think it's vital, but at the same time, I understand your concerns about the body cam. As a, the body cam is not just to protect the citizen, to protect the police. Is we we paid a lot of money for the body cam, and we are we should and the citizens should be able to see it. Um, we have seen these past couple weeks a video came out of different situations and circumstances. This has created um, trust, of course, issues throughout the community. What the body cam does, it let people know exactly what took place during that time. I don't know what we have to do, but that needs to be changed. The family should be able to see what took place with their son. We, that's a part of accountability. 
I said it before in the beginning, if I was an officer, or even I remember when I worked as a, 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 as a teacher, I asked them to put cameras in my room because I wanted people to see what's taking place. If I do anything wrong or if the student did anything wrong, it was able to capture what took place. That's what the body cam is for. So I understand the family concern. If I had the authority, you'll be able to see that body cam footage right away, sir. I don't have that authority, but I'm willing to stand with you and going forward to try to do whatever we can to create changes and make sure that the family have that opportunity to be able to see that footage. It's very vital and it's very important. Thank you, Mr. Frick. Mr. Carr, um, thank you, Mr. Penn, but just, you stated earlier that the, um, that the DA couldn't announce the grand jury or when it was gonna meet. Um, I was just sent case law where this is not true and case law states that the DA can do this with the grand jury. So I say that we move forward quickly with our request to the DA to get this announced, to get the grand jury to meet and a date certain and let's do that if we can today. Yeah, we asked that our lawyer and the city clerk to go ahead and get that done, but we can go ahead and get that wrapped up together. Council will have a draft before I leave today. All right, thank, thank you. you. And uh, again, Mr. Uh, Williams, we're on your side, you. and we're going to do all that we can do. <clears throat> okay. Thanks. All right, thank you. Madam Clerk. Oh, I'm, just, I'm sorry, Barbara. Chief Brown is here. He's going to address, but we're kind of wanting the speaker so he can hear what the concerns are. You see the command staff here, too. I invited them because I want them to hear what the concerns are. But I assure you, the police department is not holding this up. We are waiting for the moment the DA says we can do it because we do believe the family has a right to see it, legally can see it, um, and we do want the family to know what the cause of death is. Vanita Dallas. Well, I think y'all didn't answer pretty much everything we wanted or whatever we wanted to know. I just want this to be over as soon as possible. I'm just tired of seeing my mom suffer, coming here all the time and just doing everything she can to get justice for my little brother. I just appreciate y'all help and hopefully we can just get the footage done to get us some rest, some peace to move on with our lives if we can. I appreciate y'all help. Thank you. Latanja Thompson. Good morning. Morning. Latanya Thompson. I'm also up here for Juwan Dallas. And uh, Chief Barber said last week that we don't see everything that happened with his officer when they being videoed by bystanders. So if that's the case, that is why we want to see the video. We want to know what happened to Juwan. Why did the officer go to the, the 911 call home? And why did the officer, I'm sorry, we need answer to why did the officer approach him? My sister-in-law need closure. She's hurting. 
And from listening to what you just told my brother-in-law, I appreciate everything. So hopefully we'll be able to see the video so she can get closure. So thank you very much. Thank you. Madam Clerk. Reverend Mark Thompson. Good morning. My name is Reverend Mark Thompson, and I'm the former founding chair of the Washington, D.C. branch NAACP Metropolitan Police and Criminal Justice Review Task Force. Our task force authored legislation establishing the Office of Police Complaints. We were enlisted by the chief of police at the time to address discriminatory police text messages, and we consulted on establishing new use of force guidelines. We also established a diversity awareness and sensitivity training program at the DC Police Academy. In that program, I taught a class entitled The Historical Relationship Between African Americans and Law Enforcement. So while I may not live in Mobile, I'm one with extensive experience in these matters in another major city. And I'm a board member of the Bridge Crossing Jubilee in Selma, where my great-great-grandmother was born in 1858. And the text for my course at the DC Police Academy included some of the groundbreaking research of renowned clinician, the late Dr. Amos Wilson. He wrote, over-policing communities leads to the criminalization of those communities, justifying oppression, denial of civil and human rights, and discrimination on the basis of race and class. He also wrote, police personnel should be taught to perceive and equip themselves not as occupiers of any community, not as its rulers or as enforcers of quasi-colonial laws, but as its servants and employees. The police and criminal justice establishments should be prepared to actively listen to the community and diligently support its efforts, not paternalistically and autocratically dictate solutions to its problems. This community has spoken, and the city leaders should listen. The world is watching. The police treatment of Juwan Dallas should be thoroughly investigated and reported back to the community. And most importantly and immediately, the Dallas family should be allowed to see the video that has been withheld from them for far too long. What's the point in having body cams of those body cams don't lead to accountability. As Dr. King himself said, we can never be satisfied as long as we are the victims, <clears throat> pardon me, of unspeakable horrors of police brutality. I'm happy to hear this Mobile City Council has agreed to write a letter. Excuses no more. It's time to release the video. And I would ask the City Council to even join this movement now and say his name, Jawan Dallas. Thank you. Thank you. Dr. Roderick Van Daniel. Attorney Dr. Roger Van Daniel from Birmingham, Alabama. I represent Christine Dallas and the Dallas family. We're here today to fight for justice for Juwan, justice for Jay. And we're here for transparency and accountability, especially for the Mobile Police Department with the excessive force that they're using down here. And for they breaking laws down here, as far as asking for driver license, was a case was just in the 11th Circuit. 
called Edgar versus McCall, 2023. Basically stating that a police officer can only ask for your name, can only ask for your address, then the explanation. That didn't happen that day with Jawan Dallas. City Council, you do have the power to make sure that the Mobile Police Department get training, get the proper training. You have that power. They need to know the laws of this state. They need to know the laws of these cities and don't be using excessive force on the citizens of Mobile and Mobile County. Also, I want to address the Secrecy Act. They're using this act But the victim is Jawan Dallas. The victim is Christine Dallas. The victim is their family. The victim is the community of Mobile and the state of Alabama. Through the criminal justice system, with the Alabama Constitution and the statutes, 1523-61, for designated representatives. But Christine had the same power as Juwan Dallas. The same rights as the victim or anyone that was assaulted by another citizens in the community. She should know the names of the officers. She is the victim. She taking his spot. We went to the probate court, and she the designated representative for him. She has that right to know the Dr. officer's name. Dr. Daniel. She has the right to the video. And she has the right to continue to fight for transparency Dr. Daniel. and accountability for her son. Thank you. Reverend Tony Allgood. I'm Reverend Tony Allgood. I'm here to speak on behalf of Justice for Juan Dallas and his family. You know, we have serious problems in this community. And it seems to be a growing serious problem with some in the police department. There's, there's been no real transparency for the family. I mean, can you imagine having your child killed at 9.30 at night, they know who he is, but then they, the family's not notified at 3.30 the next day, and then they're not allowed to go down to the morgue and view the body? 
know, that's, you know, these are issues of right and wrong, and this is just wrong. You know, one thing I found out about growing up in the South is that the oppression is always unequal. We know from Jim Crow laws that blacks were oppressed, and then they also oppressed the poor whites too, okay? Go, go, go read the history. They made laws to keep them separated from blacks that they had the most commonality in. We don't need this anymore. We need justice, and we need justice for everybody. I, I, I hate to see my grandchildren come to Mobile and then view the video of the police killing somebody. That traumatizes them. What you see with this movement is the tip of the iceberg. I'm calling on all the ministers. Every minister should in this town, no matter who they are, should be speaking out for justice. Some of them are scared to. What, 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 what's the mayor going to think about me? What's the police chief? What's the chief going to think about me? We can't care about that. It's not personal. We want a safe community for everybody. And so I'm saying today, too, to we can get transparency, we have to be our own. Keep your cameras on, folks. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Good morning, City Council. Good morning. I, too, is not um, a citizen of Mobile, but I am a citizen of Oakland, California, and I also suffered the same pain or egregious act from police officers by the killing of my nephew, Oscar Grant. So I'm here also um, to support, of course, Joanne's family in this journey to get justice. Thank you, uh, Council Member for speaking up powerfully about transparency. Listen, the power of the police to use deadly force as we know, is the most significant responsibility we can give any public official. That responsibility, uh, let me just say it like this, any public official that can use deadly force, that responsibility must be guided by common sense legislation that protects human rights and saves human lives. We're having this discussion because Jawan lost his life to a public official that we believe wrongfully acted in the murder of him. I've heard you state that this council can only do so much and we need to take it up to our legislators. That I do agree. There are legislations that needs to be passed so that families here in Mobile can have the right to see the video that this city pays so much money for, for these officers to wear, and to be untransparent with the idea of bringing 
lapel cameras and body cameras into this policing agency is a crime for them to deny the community that right to see, especially Christine, the mother, and the family in this community. The state of Alabama, as you know, in, for several years, Birmingham has led the cities for the most murderous in this state. I'm here to say that I believe, based on fatal encounters, that Mobile has been now become the murder capital of the state of Alabama. So we need to investigate that because we talked about training. It's not a training issue. It's a cultural issue that exists in this police department that has to be addressed. So we are appealing to you to assist this family in writing letters to the Department of Justice so that they could come here and do a pattern and practice investigation on these police officers and this agency here. That is the only way we're going to bring real transparency and accountability to this city. So we're appealing to you to assist, not address the DA, but the DOJ, and for them to come and take a look at what's really happening here. Yeah, thank you. Wanda Johnson. Good morning or good afternoon, City Council. My name is Wanda Johnson. I'm the mother of Oscar Grant, who was killed January 1st, 2009 at the Fruitvale BART Station in Oakland, California. I want to say first thank you to, again, Mr. Carroll for the words that you said on today. And I want to start out saying when I came in and we had prayer. When the person who was praying, I thought about Micah 6 and 8, where in that uh, scripture, it talks about what does the Lord require of you? And then in that, it says to do justly. And when we think about doing justly, that justly also has to do with your accountability and transparency. And when we look at what happened with Jawan, I stand with Christina as she fights for justice for her son. When we look at what happened with Jawan, and we look at the statistics of America, we understand that there is 5.7 per million African Americans percentage that's killed at a higher rate than any other nationality. And so when we look at that with Jawan being killed, and when we look at the statistics of Mobile, Alabama, there is definitely something that must have to change within this community, within our states, if we are a people who has been created to be equally with all people. When Juwan was killed, and it's been months since the uh, autopsy, it's been months since the video cam, none of that has been displayed. And if we want to say we are a justly people, if we want to really pray and believe what we're praying, we must start out by being the people of the Bible that we're praying and the God that we're praying to. If we are to love one another, 
if we are to respect one another, if we are to be accountable to each other, we could start today by showing the video cam. We could start today by giving the officers names. We could start today by showing what happened, and not only showing what happened, but to hold those accountable for what happened if they did any wrong acts. When we think about and we look at our nation today, we have a long way to go. Dr. King spoke in our in this great state. My family is from this great state. And so because when we think about looking at the civil rights and we understand that the policing was built on the same very ones where our ancestors, where my family lines was beat, where my family lines was held as slaves, when we look at the policing system, there has got to be something done with the policing system by changing it so that everyone uh, can have that opportunity to have the free opportunity to live in our great states uh, the way that they need to live. All right, thank, thank you. you. Uh, Chief uh, Prime, there were several uh, questions that was asked uh, to this council, which we do not know the information to. Uh, could you come up and just summarize some of those questions uh, as possible? Thank you, Council. Thank you, Mayor Staff, for allowing me the opportunity to come and talk with you today. Chief Barber was right in that I invited the executive staff that you see over here in the wall. This is the leadership of the Mobile Police Department. We are as educated as we are diverse on the Mobile Police Department. A um, couple things I, just to, to note before we get into that. I, I want to make some statements. I, I, you know, I, I've heard a lot of people talk today, and the idea of having them here today, uh, the executive staff, was so they also hear the sentiment of what's going on in the community. Uh, I'm out in the community virtually every single day uh, talking and socializing with someone in the community. Uh, let me just say this, we all agree in here with Ms. Christina uh, that we want transparency and we're not going to, you know, belabor the grand jury and all the laws that go with it. Uh, at the end of the day, I will say this, all the information has been turned over to the district attorney's office. They will dictate and decide when uh, that day comes. And I have personally had a conversation with the DA, and he understands the sensitivity and the urgency as well to move it. I will also tell you that what a lot of people are not hearing is what the Mobile Police Department has done, and that is to ensure that we expedite this investigation, okay? We realize it's complex. We certainly realize that. We also, uh, in record time, got a toxicology report back that typically takes six months to a year, and we have gotten that back because even the doctors at the Department of Forensic Science understands the sensitivity in it. So I want to make it clear, we are not without sensitivity and understanding and certainly empathy to what's going on here today. I want to also say that that case has been turned over. Um, I too, I, I've heard a lot of people talk about having children. I too have three adult children. And I couldn't imagine being in her shoes. But there are extenuating circumstances to everything. Nobody wants to get this cleared up more than the police chief. Now I can assure you that being said, there's been a lot of allegations made today. And I understand a lot of it has to do 
with emotions, the lack of information. It's not transparency. I have been as transparent, uh, in the, uh, this department has been as transparent in the last 10 or 11 years than the history of this department. And we have to be transparent nowadays. We understand it. So I want you to understand uh, that case has been turned over. I think there was a gentleman that did speak. So we can have the body-worn camera footage. And, and at some point, I can assure you, the family's going to get to see it. But I'll also assure you there was a gentleman that said we want to see the autopsy report because that's going to tell us what's going on. And I couldn't, I couldn't echo those sentiments more. And that is coming. I want to also say, too, that certainly in the last week, we've had two videos uh, that have went viral. Let me assure you, the Mobile Police Department does not condone misconduct and excessive force, nor do we have a history of it. it <laughs> control it. At the end of the day, we have to define what excessive force, and we always put it in, we always put it and lump it in to the most egregious cases that we've seen across the country. Excessive force merely is that there was more force used than reasonable. Sometimes, unfortunately, that is going to happen. My commitment not only to this board, but also to the citizens behind me, that I can assure you if our officers are wrong, and I can assure you that, it, that when you look at these videos, there appears to be an excessive force that was used. We don't disagree with that. But as much as we all want answers, we are an educated social society and we must give time for these things to be investigated. And I can assure you and my commitment to this community is if our officers are wrong, we will hold them accountable. I also want to say some things that I've done. Some, some talk has been about the Department of Justice. Again, every scenario where there has been the allegations of civil rights violations, we have self-reported. It also needs to be understood that the local Department of Justice or FBI does not conduct those investigations. It is sent to Washington. So there is truth and transparency because this is not allowed to perpetuate in our police department. And I understand wholeheartedly, once that investigation leaves the four walls of the Mobile Police Department, I no longer have any control over that. But I am also comfortable enough to know that if we're wrong, we'll answer for it. And when we're right, we have no doubt standing behind that, especially with the Department of Justice. Some things that I have done since this, listen, I've seen the same videos everybody in here seen. I have a daughter, and I am not above or beyond empathy, I can assure you. And although I was out of town at the time, I seen it, and I felt some kind of way. But I also understand that emotions will well up, and we have to give it an opportunity to subside so truth will prevail. 
uh, will not justify a wrongdoing. I have been a police officer for going on 29 years, and I have never used excessive force. We will only use it when it is necessary. I have also talked with the interim public safety director, who is a retired FBI uh, agent uh, that was in charge of the Mobile office, to use his resources to go to the Department of Justice so we can have our tactics and de-escalation strategies audited. We want to be up to date with the best practices that we can. And if there is a call or a need to change it, I will be the first one to change it. Somebody said, do you need more training? I said, absolutely. We stay in a state of perpetual training. Whether it's in the police academy, and might I add, we, we offer over 30 hours in the Mobile Police Academy to effective communication and de-escalation tactics and techniques. Every single year, we give 40 hours of annual in-service training, which in some form or fashion involves effective communication or training. Our officers, our supervisors, in roll call several times a month do what is called roll call training that apply to those in the field, whether it's use of force, de-escalation, or um, vehicle pursuits, things that apply to those officers out there in the field. So we are going to review those processes. We are going to lean on the Department of Justice. We're also going to lean on the state. All of our curriculum on de-escalation and effective communication is standardized by the state of Alabama with A-Post in Montgomery, who's, who gives us our certification. We are also teaching a course called Procedural Justice that in many regards talks about the disparity in, in ethnicity and races and effective communication with that. That is an outside uh, source that Major Reed brought back from the Southern Police Institute. And it was approved through APOS for us to teach it. So I can assure you, um, nobody is as embarrassed about these videos than the Chief of Police. That is a promise to you. And we will audit the system, and we will do better. As far as Ms. Christina is concerned with Mr. Dallas, all that information has been turned over to the DA. And we, too, want to bring this to a close. And with that said, I'll open it up for questions. It was during this question period with the chief of the Mobile Police Department that everyone learned, the Mobile community, those of us who don't live in Mobile, the whole country learned that the officers who killed Juwan Dallas are now back on the street. Ms. Gregory. Thank you, Chief, and executive staff for coming down. We appreciate you being here and coming to the podium, Chief, to, to answer questions. I know it's been a, a tough uh, recent few months. Um, for everybody. So I just wanted to follow up on a couple of things you've already talked about and some questions had come up and and I, I, I too am disturbed because sometimes allegations and accusations are made and it's really based on emotion 
not necessarily the facts of the case, and there's frustration on everybody's part here, I think because of just the, the time element. And so I think we understand that. The, the, what I really wanted to go back to is you had talked about um, what happens to, to officers when they are involved in some sort of, whether it's a shooting or altercation or some other issue. And I know there's a difference, but could you go over that again? Because there have been questions about you know, where these officers who've been involved in recent incidents lately, are they still on the street? Are they suspended? You know, what, how is that handled? Right, so a lot of times people will ask, why is the officer not suspended? Uh, they also have a due process with employment rights, uh, as much as sometimes we probably should or shouldn't. Uh, the reality of it is, is the two recent videos from last week, those officers are currently on desk duty uh, because of the nature of those cases. Uh, in the case with Mr. Dallas, uh, those uh, officers are not a threat to the community based on the facts and uh, irrespective to emotion, and they are uh, back in the field, and they are working, and they are being productive. Uh. Okay, so, and again, I guess that is awaiting grand jury and whatever happens with the grand jury, if it goes to a circuit court case, something like that. Yeah, it, you know, it, and, that could change. and I think if you, if you go, if you look at the process, if for some reason the grand jury says the officers are are culpable criminally, uh, then they will go back uh, certainly to desk or administrative duty where they're not on the street, and then the tide changes and now they become the suspect of a criminal investigation. Right, right. So we're, we're yes. awaiting the grand jury to see where this goes. Right. And I, and I also think, uh, Councilwoman, I think it's also important to note that irrespective of our administrative investigation, we don't get to determine uh, whether an officer becomes the suspect of an investigation or not. The grand jury does. Oh, I, can I get a quick, I'm sorry. Um, I know some cases do go to the grand jury. Can you help us understand which cases go to a grand jury and which ones don't? Well, a lot of it is really at the discretion of the district attorney's office. You know, I've heard, I heard some emotions behind me when people say we don't get to determine that, but every criminal charge that is brought against any citizen in the state has to be approved by the district attorney's office. And so where I know it will say, well, the Mobile Police Department arrested someone for a homicide or a murder, that case and charge the facts have to be presented and the district attorney's office is the one that determines whether or not we move forward uh, with the case. Okay, yeah, that's important, I think, yes. to understand how that works. Thank right. you. Right, and, and there, there is a, a big difference between misdemeanor arrests, which have to be viewed uh, in sight of the officer uh, that's making the arrest versus a felony case, and uh, there's a lot more latitude and leeway as it resorts to probable cause uh, in those type cases, but we work very diligently with the district attorney's office uh, before we make an arrest with any case to determine if the probable cause really does exist. And it's not just us saying, they're, they're hearing the facts and they're saying, yes, it does. And there are times that the public doesn't know, but there, there are times from case to case where the DA will refuse us a warrant or uh, a search warrant or an arrest warrant because they don't feel like the probable cause is there. Thank you. Mr. President? Uh, Mr. Penn. Oh, thank you, Mr. President. Chief, so you said doing the grand we're doing a grand jury selection right now that the officer, if they are 
uh, deemed to do anything wrong, then then that could change. But if it's an investigation, um, I guess what policy is in place for that those officers that are involved to still be doing active duty? Well, right, because right, that's because we, we've we've done a thorough investigation, okay, and we do not feel, based on the facts, that our officers or a threat to the community. And, and, and we have to also understand the facts are going to bear this out. At some point, you know, the body-worn camera will be released to the family, the autopsy report, the toxicology report. I'm confident in the information that I'm giving you today. But again, I don't get to make that decision as to whether or not they were involved or culpable in Mr. Dallas's death. Yeah, that, that's, that, that, wait, hold, 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 hold. Yeah, yeah, uh, Chief. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> it's difficult for the police chief to explain why the officers were returned to duty. Keep in mind that we have reviewed the autopsy that caused the death. Even though I can't get into detail with it because of the emotion here, I'm gonna say that the cause of death was not attributed directly to the actions of the police officer. Yeah. Let me, let me just uh, go ahead and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me just state this. Uh, uh, hold, up, hold, hold up, audience. You know, this, this is a council meeting and as I had stated earlier, you know, especially to the general public and to Mr. Williams, you know, majority of this council, if not all, but majority of this council, we on your side. The information that you are getting, we're, we're just not getting. And you have our word, um, Mr. William, Ms. Dallas, that this council is going to go ahead and give up our attorney and our clerk to get that um, letter uh, drawn up and go ahead and submit that to the DA office. After hearing for the first time that the officers who killed her son are now back on the street, Christine Dallas and her attorney held a press conference to share their reactions. But what's your reaction to hearing that? It sounds like they're saying it's not... Everything that y'all hearing, I'm just hearing for the first time. Yeah. Do you have a reaction to that, though, that they're saying it's uh, likely not the result of the officer's actions? Um... Can answer that. I, I mean, this is my first time hearing this, and uh, I don't agree with what they're saying, if that makes any sense. Um, my son would be alive had they not went to his car, uh, approaching him anyway. So whatever the cause of death is, he wouldn't be dead had they not approached him. Are you satisfied at all that they've asked to expedite this? They've made I'm that request? I'm satisfied that they... Uh, asked to uh, expedite the case, yes, uh, we, 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 we need to know what happened to my son. Have you heard from the DA's office? I have not heard from the DA's office. I have not heard from anyone. No, we haven't heard from anyone. Anyone. So we asked for the video, we're asking for the toxicology report, but we're asking for transparency and accountability. Miss Christine Dallas and her families are the victims. They are the victims. They pulled over her son. They broke laws when they asked for his driver's license. When the state of Alabama says 
The only thing you're supposed to ask for is your name, your address, and then just an explanation of being there. The things that they said in there today, they're trying to cover themselves up for the excessive force that they use. They breaking the laws. They treating the citizens of Mobile County in the city here wrongfully. They being like savages to this community. Miss Dallas, Phil, the Dallas family, we're gonna continue to fight for justice and fairness here. And for us, they're telling us to reach out to the, the representative. We have reached out to all of the Mobile representative. And we're reaching out now to you all. I email you all four to five times, the city of Mobile representative, the whole state of Alabama representative, the senators also. And for we looked at the laws in California, and we tried to implement the same laws. And for I think I sent that to the media as well, trying to change the law with the 45-day period to release the video. And today, we're asking for the same thing. Release the video, release the, talk, the toxicology report. We want justice. They have all the information, but they can say everything that they want to say and say, we can put these, these savages back on the street. Yes. If they're not savages of the community and they true peace officers of the community, release the video so the community would know. Release the video so we can have justice for Jay, justice for Jawan, justice for Miss Christine Dallas, for Phil, for the Dallas family, and for this entire community. Shouldn't you guys have been notified about the cause of death by now? I mean, Justin, do you have to have a meeting with the mayor's chief of staff to be told that? Or? We have these new laws out here. I'm going to Florence tomorrow using the HB289 law for disclosure of body cam video for getting all the, the rent information because the police officer up there gonna show me the video. Mobile County, we need justice down here. We need the video to be shown so we can see exactly what happened for Ms. Dallas can move forward with healing. The family can move forward with healing. Why not Mobile County, the city of Mobile? Birmingham, Alabama, for they release videos, Florence, and for they release videos, if a lot of their county, even though I have to fight to get the video and see the video, yeah. but the laws is clearly established since September that we can see the video, yeah. right? And so that's what we need down here today. And for they saying comments about the Toxicology Report, for they saying little comments about the videos, let us see the video. Let us see has justice been done. Let us see why the police officers are still on the street. That's right. Let, us, let the community make a determination because we pay the taxes. That's right. We pay the taxes. Justice for Jay today.
Justice for Jay. Justice for Jay. for Jay. for Jay. Justice 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 for Justice and we're going to continue this fight for the rights of Jay, Christine Field, the Dallas family, this Mobile community, the whole state of Alabama, and the United States of America, because we're going to stop this police brutality in our community. We're going to continue this fight for the citizens of this great country of the United States of America. Even though we have flaws, we have rights, and we're going to continue to fight for our rights. Yes, that's right. We're going to fight for our rights. That's right. We're going to fight for our rights. That's right. We're going to fight for our rights. That's right. We're going to stand up for justice. Stand up for Jay. Stand up for Jay. Stand up for Jay. Stand up for Jay. Fight for your rights. Fight for your rights. After the press conference Tuesday, we marched from Mobile City Hall to Mardi Gras Park. Say his name. Jawan. Say his name. Jawan. Say his name. Well, but let me just say this, though. 
the community brought the cameras. This is, the cameras didn't do this, the community did it. The protests did this, all right? That, and, and not only that, if, if you heard what happened today, even the city council people mm. were moved yeah. off of their stagnant, standstill, safe position. Yes. So now they're going to send a letter to the DA. That's what they agreed to do. Yeah. We want to hold them accountable to that. Yes. Yes. Make sure they send that letter. And then one other thing I commend them for, they kept asking. They asked several times and the chief didn't want to answer it. Right. Where are the officers? Are they back on the street? That's right. And they finally had to admit that they are back on the street. That is very, very problematic. Yes. Now I don't speak for the family and I don't speak for the attorneys, but I think I speak for any regular person, right? If you were going to refer them for investigation by a grand jury and the DA. How then does your internal investigation conclude that they did no harm and no wrong? Right. Right. Those, what, like, when I was a little boy, I used to, they used, Sesame Street was still popular when I was a little boy, it ain't that popular no more. But they had a little song on there, one of these things is not like the other. Some of y'all remember that. That doesn't make any sense at all. One of these things is not like the other and oftentimes unfortunately we see in these situations that DAs and grand juries are influenced he even said a lot of times they refer something to DA and the DA won't take it up so you mean to tell me you came to a conclusion of no wrong and the DA still took it up so I think not only we won a victory today in terms of getting the city council letter in terms of getting one ounce of truth and an admission from the chief but it also lets us know we can't stop and we must continue to press for the video, continue to press for justice. Let the DA, now city council invited us. Did they not to go and visit the DA? He pretty much said, don't protest us, go protest the DA. Did he not say that? So we got that on video, all these cameras saw it. So maybe that's the next stop we need to make. Um, God bless this family, this mother, this father for their strength. God bless the Grant family. What happened to Oscar Grant on New Year's Eve? That fateful New Year's Eve got a lot of this going. And it was made into a major motion picture. That's important. Because a lot of these things don't get documented the first time and they don't never make it to Hollywood. And so I think we do well now to hear from Oscar Grant's um, mother. That was a very important case in the history of our people. We've had too many Emmett Tills. Here is uh, Reverend Wanda. She's going to come and lead us in prayer and say a few words, if she would, please. Thank you. Let us look to the Lord. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for what has been revealed on today. We thank you, God, that your word is sure, that it says that our sins will be found out that those that are hiding shall be exposed. And we thank you, God, for the exposing of themselves that we received on today. God, we ask that you would continue to bless and strengthen this family and the community that stands with this family, oh God. 
God, we thank you for a victory, oh God. We understand that this race is not given to the swift nor to the strong, but to the one who endures yes. till the end. And God, we pray for enduring power right now. And God, we thank you that you know all things. And God, we ask in the name of Jesus that you would comfort and strengthen, oh God, each and every person in this circle, oh God, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, again, my name is Wanda Johnson. I'm the mother of Oscar Grant, who was killed January 1st, 2009, at the Fruitvale BART Station in Oakland, California. And I am happy to uh, be here, not under these occasions, but I'm happy to walk with my sister, Christine, as she is in her plight for justice. Too long and too far have we been silent for so very long. And so I'm grateful on today that she has seen the injustice of her son and is standing up for him. Too many of us lay down. And so I'm just asking the community that's not here on today, to galvanize, to gather around this sister and her family and to support them as they continue this fight for justice. We have already heard today in the council room how the officers uh, were saying that they are looking at the, uh, the autopsy report and are finding that, uh, that they believe that the uh, taser is not what killed him. We see the cover-up already taken in place. We understand that we will hear all kind of things regarding Jawan's history. We will hear that he probably was a felon. We will hear that he probably was a drug user. We will hear that he probably was resistant arrest. And on top of other things, we will hear. But I am encouraging this community to not stand up and hear what they're saying regarding him, but to stand up for justice. And what is right is that Jawan should still be here today, and he is not here, and he's not here because of something he did. Is he, He's not here because a, a decision was made. And so we have to stand up and understand that we must get behind our brothers and sisters when they face suffering of loss of a loved one at the hands of our police. Why? Because our police system is doing exactly what it has been designed to do. It's doing what it's designed from in the 1800s, from the slave casters to the 16th, to the 1960s, for when police Martin Luther King walked the streets. So our system is doing what it's designed to do, covering up and it has been covering up and it is a culture that has going on it's not it doesn't matter if it's an african-american police that's causing excessive force or caucasian police causing excessive force it is a culture it has been how the police system has been built and until we stand up and begin to dismantle the police system and the way the system has been built we will continue to have what we're having on today. And we're desiring to have no more rallies. So we, my family, we're glad to be here on today. And we, again, encourage you to fight till we cannot fight anymore. We're here for the long run. Thank you. Thank you. We thank for the, um, um, uh, Remwanda and 
her brother, Uncle Bobby, they have been outspoken. And again, not just in terms of their loved one, but we often join one another around the country um, to stand up for cases like this because there are uh, far too many. And we want to be clear, as you see from the diversity of who's gathered here, um, that this is not just about what has happened to an African-American uh, at the hands of white police or white police officers. We understand some of the officers were black. Yes. Yes. We saw the city council folks in there, black. The city attorney is black. Mm -hmm. We saw what happened in Memphis. So this is also about, you know, unfortunately, sometimes we need to hold folk in our communities accountable. Sometimes we don't feel like we can do it because we know them and we go to the same church and we stop at the same grocery store, mm -hmm. you know. And I saw, uh, not the chief, the other one who's the former chief, the public safety, what is he, the public safety? Chief of staff. He's chief of staff. Yeah. See, I saw him come out of the courtroom shaking hands with some folk, and everybody looked like they knew him. Good to see you, sir. Good to see you. I mean, so we know this is a, you know, it's a small world everywhere. But we've got to do all we can, even though we can be polite, no people, and bumping each other in the grocery store. But there's a way to do that even. Oh, hey, Bob, it's good to see you. I know you. Release the video. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Do me right. Do me right. You can be polite. Mm -hmm. I give you a funny anecdote. Some of you may went, went uh, on my radio show uh, when Trump was elected. I asked Maxine Waters on the air, if you could say something to him, what would you say, Congresswoman Maxine? She said, get ready for impeachment. <laughs> and so that became a thing. So when people greeted each other every day for a whole year until he got in peace, how you doing? Good to see you. Good morning. Get ready for impeachment. That's what. So when you all see some of these people come up to you and they want to play nice because they know you, they know right, your family. Right. Hey, how you doing? Good to see you. Mm -hmm. Release the video. Right. Yeah. Right. That's right. Amen. Amen. So that's what we want to do. I say. Uh, so we are uh, going to conclude now. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I know you were saying. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I just wanted. I'm sorry, Uncle Bobby. Please, Uncle Bobby, forgive me. Yeah. Again, I am affectionately known to the community, the uncle of Oscar Grant. Of course, Wanda's my baby sister. Oscar mm -hmm. was my very first nephew. Uh, you know, again, condolences to the family and, and condolences to the community. Um, we've heard some things in this council meeting that should raise our antennas when it comes to um, the cover-up that we're witnessing happening. When they talk about the autopsy report, as you know, that came up because they're already alluding to that Jawan was not killed by the taser. He was either killed by some unknown health condition or this term that they use called excited delirium, right? Or, or maybe he was uh, inducted some drugs in his system, but there's a design now to cover up what happened to Jawan. And so we cannot allow that to elevate I mean, they're going by their playbook. That's right. The first thing they do is they criminalize the person, our loved one. They, yes. they criminalize Oscar. Yes. They're going to really try to criminalize Jawan because they know just how heinous that act of killing someone with the taser is when it's considered a less lethal weapon. Uh, and that puts that on the radar throughout the country. But I do want to say this. Listen, thank you, community, for being here. 
and I, I think I said it the other night, had not the Oakland community embraced us and loved on us and stood with us and cried with us and went back and forth to court with us, right, we would not have been able to stand. And because of that grace, because of that love, we're still standing 14 years later because that was so <coughs> powerful. So I'm asking all of you that is here to love on this family, to stand yeah. with this family, to pray with this family, Amen. to just do whatever you can to ensure that they, especially Christine, and of course not forgetting the father, but Christine, when she had those days that she just, as the hubby said, can't even get out of the bed. Yes. And he has to go to work, yes. you know, and so, Thank, I mean, you just don't know how powerful that is. Ooh, when I go back, it just brings tears to my eyes because had you not embraced us, we wouldn't be standing here today. That's so right. Love on this family. That's right. I can't say that more than enough. Embrace them, stand with them, but most importantly, when the journey comes, when it's time for us to go to court, we will be there. All right. I will right. fly out of California to be here. My sister will be out of California to be here. We're here for you. Call us anytime. That's right. That's right. Call us anytime. That's right. Thank That's right. you. Thank you. Thank you. We're. Uh, you want? Did you want to speak, bro? I'm following. Miss, I'm following the mother's instructions now. So, are you? You want? You want to say something? Okay. The attorney for the uh, Dallas family. We'd be well to hear a few words from him. Uh, we're here down in Mobile, Alabama. We fight for justice for Jawan, Miss Christine, Phil, the whole Dallas family, the whole community of Mobile. And we're gonna continue to fight. And we need the names of the officers. That's right. We need the name of the officers. They're on our streets. And the reason why they don't want to, don't want to release the names of the officers because we can start the lawsuit right now if we had them names, mm. right? And so we can get the video right now if we filed that lawsuit right now. So release the names so we can get these videos. And so we using the HB289, and for they refusing to go by this new law here. We can't get the disclosure. We can't get the peace that this family need. But we're gonna continue to fight. Yeah. We're going to march all over Mobile. We're going to continue this fight, the whole state of Alabama. Yes. We got people with you in the state of Alabama. We got people with you in Washington, D.C. Right. We got people with you all the way in California. Right. Hey, we fighting this fight for Jawan, and we're going to continue this fight. Justice, Justice for Jay. 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 I don't hear y'all. So we're going to stand up and continue this fight. We're going to stand up. Stand, stand up. up. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Justice for Jay. Justice for Jay. All right. Say no more. Show the video. Say no more. Show the video. I'm going to bring up. You want to do the benediction? You want to do the benediction? No, you can do it. Come on, hug it. You going to do something? Bring this one. Bring this one. Come on. Come on. Okay. This is Alabama, so we know about elephants in the room. Roll tide. Can we get a roll tide? Roll tide. Yeah. All right. 
So we know what this is all about. So I ain't really got to speak to it, but I am. Uh, this is a public service announcement to my young black men and women. Oh, well, thank you. Oh, oh you yeah. Here, I was getting it close enough. And this is uh, try to save some lives. You know, it's entitled. Don't fight back. Don't argue, don't run. America's a police state, and the ranks are filled with racist cowards. While we plan protests and marches, well, they make snuff films every hour. The dialogue in the script is generally always the same. He went for my gun, I was afraid for my life. It's always to blame. Point their guns at you while you bleed to death. While they watch your family and friends cry. Too scared you probably met the acting, even while you die. Black man starring in the role of his life, crazy thug shot in the head. And you think they'd give us more Oscars and Emmys if we were that good at playing dead. That's why they kick us before they cuff us. They got them checked, make sure you're not still alive. Handle us all messed up to make sure we don't survive. Take their time calling the paramedics so you dead and gone when they arrive. And as your soul leaving your body, well, they giving each other high fives. Hunt season on you bucks. All you nine-pointers gotta go. They even tagging and bagging our women as if they were some rare antler does. The message is clear. Whether right or wrong, you will submit to our will. And if you obey us immediately, we will shoot you and we will kill. That's what I'm telling all my brothers and sisters. Please, don't fight back, don't argue, don't run. They know the law is going to protect them and send them on vacation to have some fun. After they assassinate you, your character's next, they're going to dig up every bad thing you ever done and be back on the streets acquitted in six months after the grand jury with another notch on their gun. Mm. And ain't it messed up? For our children to survive the things we have to teach them on how to behave. Because don't fight back, don't argue, don't run. That's that BS you teach to a slave. But I guess ain't so much to change for us since we left those good old antebellum days. They just ride around with more horsepower instead of whipping us, they tase. How we gonna keep turning the other cheek? If you keep shooting us in the face, how we gonna have some type of race relations if you keep having relations with our race? They're trying to kill them with kindness for over 400 years and all we've gotten is prisons, projects, police brutality and tears. To a racist today, being a police overseer the perfect career. You mean I get to harass, beat up, and kill niggas, plus a free apartment and bill? So understand, they're gonna assume a certain posture the moment they see the color of your skin. Now if you fight back, argue, or run, nine times out of 10, you not gonna win. They train to treat you a certain way, whether you're dirty, you're clean, whether you're in a three-piece suit, or you thugged out sagging with your jeans. So you gotta behave a certain way with them, whether they nice to you or mean, and don't make no sudden movement, they'll hit you in your spleen. Don't let them bait you and antagonize you in the game they like to play. They know if they can pull you into that argument, they can push you into a fray. Let them do what they gotta do. Let them say what they gotta say. And if they leave and you smile at them, and you tell them to have a nice day. Cause they punks and cowards. And they really scared to death. They see the God in your spirit. You ain't seeing yourself. Mm. So if you run to one that's determined to give you a hard time, just play the game with them and don't give them no crime. 
because his ultimate job is trying to see you dead or in jail. So if you gotta swallow some pride, just please live to tell the tale. I'm gonna I'm I'm end it right there for now. Reverend Reverend Tony, all good. We'll give us our, our benediction. May we pray. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for each person that's here and those that could not come to support justice for Juwan and his dad's family. Lord, give us the strength, the wisdom to carry on. As we say, Lord, we need to stick and stay in this struggle. Bless us as we go forward and keep us safe. And may we continue to love and look after each other. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you all for coming. Stay tuned for updates. The struggle continues. Say his name. 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 Won't you say his name? Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. As always, perform an act of kindness on behalf of an elder or young person. Write a letter to a sister brother who just so happens to find her or himself incarcerated. Offer libations to the ancestors upon whose sturdy shoulders we all now stand. And above all, give thanks to the God of your understanding by whatever name you call her and him. All God asks of us is that we give each other love. Thanks for giving MIP love. And please remember to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been made plain.